Hello and welcome to Brains and Bellies with Ama Mama. Today we have the pleasure of speaking to Sri Pritiji, who is a inspirational teacher and author of the most recent book, The Four Sacred Secrets. Ama Mama fuses together ancient Ayurvedic techniques with more modern functional nutritional therapy methods in order to heal the body and mind. Using food as medicine as our mantra, we examine the bodily systems at play while simultaneously getting to the root cause of your health issue using two different systems perspectives. Beth English Myers, a nutritional therapist, and Carrie Jenkins, an Ayurvedic health counselor, will help identify what patterns in your life may be making you feel unwell be it diet, lifestyle, spiritual, or physical. Join us here on Thursdays for Brains and Bellies with Ama Mama. And here's the show. Hello, wonderful to meet you, Shri Wonderful to meet you too. This is Beth and Carrie, and we're so happy to have you here. We just discovered through Elizabeth that this is your last engagement in, in New York, but also in America. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, wonderful being with both of you today. And it has been an interesting topic. So I guess we'll just dig right in. And I wanted to give a little bit of an introduction in terms of what I know about you. Sri Pritiji, you're a transformational leader, a spiritual and philosophy teacher an author, a co-creator of Yakum and PK Consciousness. Anything I've left out, that's quite a lot. <laughs> that is it. Beth and I are just so excited and thrilled to have you here to speak with you about a lot of, of different things. But number one, I was wondering if you could just start with telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you grew up, and anything else you'd like to share. Sure. Uh, I'm a, a mother, a wife, a spiritual teacher. I come from India. I teach people across the globe on living in an awakened state of being. I teach people to move out of suffering. So they experience profound states of awakening. I help individuals move out of disconnection to experiencing connection and move out of division to experiencing oneness. So when you talk of this awakened state, can you give us a little more insight on what that state is and a picture of how that state may look? The word awakening, actually, it is to wake up from one's nightmares or daymares, if you want to call it. It is to wake up to being engrossed in daymares. It is to wake up from the experience or the illusion of separation to experiencing profound connection. It is, we can call it as a state, which is a polar opposite of a state which is engrossed with oneself. Awakening is a state of expanded expansion. It is a state where you feel very connected to the other. And is this state a state that anyone can move into? Is it open for everyone? So definitely, yes, uh, Carrie. We are looking at people, people from all walks of life, irrespective of their age, irrespective of their class, irrespective of who they are, where they are from, irrespective of their religion. Everybody can experience this awakened state. We are actually leading many people, many, many people in this path that is 
less trodden, we can say. And it is a path that actually lands you on these states. And Sri Pritaji, can you share with us a little bit about how you came to this point, how you decided to start sharing this with other people? When I was very young, the first awakening that I had was, I wouldn't say awakening, I would say the first realization probably I had was that others did not experience life as I did, especially in terms of the way I could connect to people, feel what they were feeling. The separation between me and the other, it was really very thin. Others did not experience life that way it was very shocking. It was very young. I think it was around seven, eight or nine years then. Then I have had profound states of awakening myself when I was around 17 years old, a state where life was just a flow, where there was no separation, where there's no past, present or future, where there was no state, where there was no illusion of a separate self, a deep inner silence, a deep inner quiet. There are many, many states that started off when I was 17 years old. And of course, these state grew after getting married to Sri Krishnaji, after being with him. And the profundity and the depth of these states actually grew. We are a second generation of people doing this work. And we really love doing this. So could you talk to us a little bit about one of the things that you co-created, and that is Yekam, and just describe what it is. And someday, hopefully very soon, people will begin to be able to travel and connect more than we have been the last couple of years. And just kind of describe the place and what it is and what it offers and who can come. Ekam is the World Center for Enlightenment. It is built by Sri Krishnaji with a vision that 8,000 people can meditate in that space for a single purpose or a single vision of the enlightenment of human consciousness. When people do enter this mystic space, they do immerse themselves in those profound states of consciousness. They experience bliss, they experience great compassion, they experience states of being a witness, they experience those enlightened states, which was probably earlier available only for a few. So the vision of Akam is enlightenment. And when people do enter this mystic space, what the experience is enlightenment. It is built on three-dimensional image of the Surya Yantra, of sun, God. It is a three-dimensional image. And as people move through the various aspects of Akam, they are actually pulled deeper into their consciousness. And it is a field that they're entering into, a field of enlightenment. And anybody can come. There are immersive, deep festivals that happen, festivals that celebrate enlightenment. And that is something that anybody can get in and participate. At Ekam, Sri Krishnaji also leads people through deep processes for enlightenment again. It is actually a five-week-long immersive deep process. It is called Ekam Tapas. People can get into it. They don't need to do all the five weeks together. But it is 
it is a process it is a tapas tapas means an inner fire to free oneself from all forms of suffering to free oneself or or to experience a total cessation of suffering to free oneself from all the propensities that lead to suffering to become free of all craving to become free of all fears and experience a deep connection with all life so that is the vision of ekam and it is in india every one of you can come sign me up <laughs> please <Not> sure <laughs> yeah sure i think it's going to open up pretty soon that's what it feels okay. like wonderful one of the things that beth and i have been talking about which we're excited to talk to you about is that you know with ama mama we really focus in a lot on women on mothers on daughters on sisters and on how we can support women so using what we do which is ayurveda and nutritional therapy using diet lifestyle herbs supplements anything we can do to help support women so we want to hear from you in what you think through your experience with what you do is one of the most challenging things that women are facing and what what we can all do to help things are changing right now to some extent but a woman is somebody who has faced injustice and inhumanity for a very long period of time in history and i believe that everybody is having a different perspective and there is a change happening in different regions of the world and i just wish that every everybody can be awake to know that she's more than 50% of the world's population and unless you are able to give that woman justice give that woman treat her and be sensitive to her you can't you can't create a beautiful world if she is going to keep suffering and be in pain i would say you are hurting the future and being a mother myself of a of a girl child i would say it is a responsibility of every parent every person who can impact a girl child to let them know how precious i don't believe in fighting for rights i don't believe in any fight actually the movement all across the world is always fight against the other right any moment for that matter but i believe in a woman awakening to her power where she is able to see she is incredibly powerful she is able to infuse life she is able to nurture togetherness she is able to remove darkness and separation it is all these qualities she is so special i believe every woman should should be awake to her potential her true potential and then she would shine like the star i'm with you that's a that's a beautiful image i got my dog <laughs> wanting to be a part of our conversation preetiji beth and i with ama mama as i described work with a lot of women and some men especially men who support women on ways that they can be healthy and eat healthier for their constitution and we're wondering if you have any diet that you feel is a great diet for someone to follow in order to find this peaceful state that you describe i believe that one must be in tune with one's body and the large part of the disease that we are seeing today is not being in tune with one's own body that is you eat probably when you're not hungry you eat probably when you are depressed when you feel lonely you eat probably to when you're feeling stressed it is become a very unconscious habit to consume 
And I would always say people that, you know, there is a sacred ritual that happens in India. It is called uh, a Homa. And the person who performs the Homa, it's a fire ritual. It's basically an offering that is done to the gods. So when the person performs the Homa, there is a lot of diligence and a lot of, he's being, he or she is being very careful in offering to that fire. Such must be an awareness that has to be brought when you're offering food to your digestive fire. You can't dump, and I'm sure you're aware of it, that the more you dump, definitely it is not getting assimilated. The more you dump, it is becoming toxic, it is becoming poisonous, or the ama is circulating in your body. And it is causing disease in the body. So it is extremely important that the way you offer food is very carefully done. And diet is such a huge topic. <laughs> what to eat, what not to eat, what is right, what is the superfood right now, what goes out of being a superfood. But what I still hold on to is the ancient healing uh, ghee. Ghee is something that has been part of our diet in India. And that is something that I believe that everybody can easily kind of include in their diet. It is something that it allows the medicine or the nutrition of the body to get into every cell. It is a medium. It is called yoga vahi. That is, it flows like a yogi and it gets absorbed in every cell. It takes the medicine and herbs into every cell of your body. It allows the intestines to absorb more nutrition. It allows your stomach to have the proper digestive fire. I would say ghee is something that I include in my diet and if possible, every one of you to include in your diet. Other than that, be careful about what you are actually eating in terms of why you're eating, what you're eating. Is it because of boredom or seclusion or loneliness or stress or anxiety or you're trying to run away from your inner struggle? That is why you're eating or your stomach is actually feeling hungry and it wants food and nutrition. It will be a great space to connect with one's body. Other thing that I would definitely recommend everyone is not, not a diet, but a practice to practice a meditative eating or to practice a little meditative meditation, meditative awareness before eating at least one meal a day. And in this space, in this space, actually become connected to the entire universe that has brought that food for you. Your food has just not come on your plate because you spent some money. It has come because of the rain, the water, the sun, the moon, the earth, the winds, the farmer, the insects the person who cooked for you, the person who made it for you. Everybody is part or everything is a part of that uh, plate of food that is there in front of you. If you're able to move into that meditative space and ancients in India call, they had this saying, Annam Parabrahma Swarupam. This is the manifestation of the entire universe, entire universe coming together. And if you get into that space, at least for a few moments, I'm not asking you to go into a deep meditation, at least for a few moments, then what happens is your stomach actually moves into a space of coherence. As you move in the med into meditative space, your stomach moves into a space of coherence and it's able to absorb, it absorb, digest, assimilate the food that you eat. That is a practice that I wish everybody who's looking into this video do. And there is a beautiful practice on breath, which actually brings about longevity and prana, vitality and tejas and ojas 
flowing in one's body. And that meditation is available for everyone on breathing group. So there are there are many meditations. There are meditations for health. And I would I would I would recommend you using those meditations. Breathing room is a meditation app. There are many, many meditations designed and put up over there for every one of you. I just want to say it's such an honor for us to have you. We're so grateful that we were able to coordinate this. I'm Beth as part of Carrie and Beth for Ama Mama. I'm in London. I want to love that we can all connect in all these different places. And I just want to say, Carrie and I, we just, it's been such a, a wonderful journey to go through your book and to listen to your interviews uh, with Marie Forleo and with on your, your TED Talk. We also love your app as well, The Breathing Room. And it, it's really so incredibly empowering and so helpful to get these tools you've described. And for my part of Ama Mama, I'm a nutritional therapist and hearing you talk is just, just it makes so much sense. I, I always look at things through blood sugar balance and hearing you talk about the suffering state and the beautiful state in my lenses, I think about myself and many of the clients I work with, the students I teach, we talk about a low blood sugar we talk about being hangry, poor decisions that can happen, how your mood's affected, how you can get disconnected when you're not in touch with what you're eating and how you're eating. And then when we can create these practices to come to the table, to pay attention to where we're sourcing our ingredients. If we're interacting with our fishmonger or our farmer, when we get those connections, I see that as returning to a more beautiful, to a beautiful state when we're enjoying and we're absorbing and assimilating. And as you're, you're, you're a mother, Carrie and I both have children. We're constantly trying to create connection where there's disconnection. And we just find it so helpful, everything that you're sharing with us today. So thank you. Beth, I, I truly appreciate what you're doing, bringing greater connection between the plate and the stomach and the being. That, that actually is so very important. And I feel it is important with the children of this gen, the next generation. It's, it's becoming hard for them. Yes, yes, it's becoming hard. And I think that one thing that Carrie and I talk about quite often is even if it's very hard, even if we're overwhelmed, let's say that we come home, the house is a mess, everything's all over the place. We can still just take that breath. And that could be maybe we make ourselves a nice hot, herbal tea and just take a pause or pour a glass of water maybe just say grace even before we started just to set that intention I still think that no matter this is very important to carry myself no matter how crazy things are we can still do a few simple grounding things to just take that one little step absolutely you have to start somewhere and uh, since you started off saying that you you look at blood sugar levels Or uh, you look at some lab tests. Actually, if you bring attention to your client, you'd be able to see that if somebody was living in suffering states, in anxiety, in fear, that blood sugar levels actually rise. It's like going back in science and ancients, when they actually saw a tiger or, or some wild animal, wild creature chase them, they ran very fast. And there was... So much of energy that was consumed in that process of running very fast. And stress was there. Stress increased insulin, allowed them to run very fast. But once the tiger disappeared, in case they were alive, 
immediately they will get back into a place of calm and then they will get back into getting to what they were doing but today's life is not like that today we don't have uh, lions or tigers anything chasing us but you probably live in prolonged states of stress and anxiety which is causing the blood sugar levels to increase which is causing the insulin in the body to increase which is actually weakening one's heart so in looking at various killers i would say the biggest killer would be a state of stress and that is why i would i would recommend that you recommend your people to take up a practice to take up a practice get back into feeling calm again and again because today a lion or a tiger is there probably you're living with a lion or a tiger as a partner or or you're meeting a lion or a tiger every day as your boss so it is not small encounters where you get back to a place of calm it seems to become a become a lifestyle to be in that state to constantly keep running and facing these people again and again nothing wrong with people that's a totally different story but uh, just that in order to bring back health into oneself it is very important to nurture a beautiful state of calm i love everything you said i wish you could come to my to our workshops and I, it's amazing how you articulated it you're so right we talk to people with cardiovascular concerns so often cardiovascular stress nervous system but also going back to what you were saying about just ghee i would say 80 to 90% of my clients come to me with irritable bowel symptoms so there are lots of things going on but it really comes down to that digestive fire and assimilating and eating for the right reasons at the right time and connecting connecting i really we, we're just trying to absorb everything you're saying so we can we can pass it on to everyone we work with also just as much as importance is given to the body if we can also bring attention to the breath and the mind it will be great it is it is a triangle the body mind and consciousness and they are interconnected when i say a triangle one side is impacting the other two sides it's not separate so by impacting the body or the breath you'll be impacting your mind you'll be impacting your consciousness and impacting your mind you'll be impacting your breath and your consciousness impacting your consciousness you'll be impacting your mind and your breath you are in a space of agitation or anger a simple breath can calm you and if if you are breathing very fast and if you're actually allowing to settle down internally in terms of anger or frustration whatever you're feeling you would begin to see your breath actually calm down become slow and deep and if the experience of your consciousness is expanded where you feel so connected and large uh, in that state of expansion you would see your breath is beautiful it is more like a, a swan's movement it is unwavering it is very calm and beautiful and long and deep and your mind also is very still it is uncluttered and it is quiet so it is all connected you can't see it as independent compartmentalized pieces but it is all integrated so that's why i can't uh, emphasize enough the importance of actually living in a state of calm in a beautiful state and freeing oneself from suffering as a minute arises so your body actually is not producing the stress hormones and your these uh, stress hormones are floating in the body that is your organs are floating in, in the state of stress and it's it's floating in stress hormones and that has to get cleared to get back to vitality very well described thank you so much shri preeti ji that's and i talk a lot 
with people we work with about this term called tend and befriend, as opposed to the stress response that you've been describing and easy ways of going about accessing that, that response in the body. And I think the way you just described the breath is so beautiful and all of us can learn from that and hopefully try it for any of you out there who are listening that have never tried any of these practices, please go on to the breathing room the app, right? They can find it at Breathing Room. Yes. Really, really well set, organized. And then also to check out your wonderful book, The Four Sacred Secrets, which I have read a few times now over the year. Uh, my wonderful friend Nadia gave me a copy and I've been reading it on and off for a couple of years or two years. It's hard now with COVID. Sometimes I yes. get the last yeah, sure. We missed a year in between. <laughs> You talk a lot in this book about living in this beautiful state, which you've been describing to us a little bit. We're wondering if you could share one simple practice, not that you haven't already shared some with us, um, but something coming from this book, The Four Sacred Secrets, that people could try on their own. Someone, let's say a beginner who has never done any practices like this, one thing they could try from this book that might be helpful. There is a simple practice there. It is basically a practice to disentangle oneself from a stressful state into experiencing a beautiful state. Basically a practice which is mystical, which is also scientific. It removes the activation from the amygdala and moves the activation to the medial prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for awareness, having a deeper insight and experiencing calm. So it is called the serene mind practice. It is there on the breathing room. Anybody can access it. It is just a three minute practice. As soon as you recognize that there is an unpleasant experience inside, when you do this practice, it disentangles you from that suffering. From what we have seen and what we have observed, the state of suffering or the state of stress continues to build. It builds in your consciousness It builds in your body because your body has got used to those stress hormones floating. They are hungry for the stress hormones. And your brain is wired in such a way that you get to be in that state again and again and again. You're habituated into being in those states. But when you do this practice, the serene mind practice, it is like a practice to stop that entanglement with suffering. It leaves you in that place of calm. So I would recommend that practice. Everybody does that practice and it is a simple practice and you can do it at any time once you learn it. Wonderful. We'll check it out. I would also like to say one thing I really love about the app is that you have it on your phone, but it also goes right to your computer, which I I find very helpful. So I, I don't always, I could be doing some work. If I get stressed, I could take a break and it's easy to access. I find that very helpful. Thank you. And one more thing that I would definitely leave is the book that you saw, The Four Sacred Secrets. It was written by Sri Krishnaji and me. It is not a book filled with knowledge or information. It is, it is your journey. It is not to be browsed through or read swiftly. But whoever takes the book, I want you to make an intention to do the book or read the book in 49 days. There are paces in the book with insights, wisdom, uh, meditations, and deeper reflections and go through everything. Take a little bit at a time. And I would say do it for 49 days and then you would probably be a different you. 
Yes, I found it helpful myself to read it in nuggets and try to practice the things that I'm learning. And sometimes it takes me, I don't know if I'm a slow learner or not, but it takes me a little while to absorb things. It takes a while to absorb, especially when the insight is subtle, when the, when the wisdom is subtle. It's, it's for a purpose for your growth, for your awakening. So it, it, it's wonderful that you did it slow. May I ask the significance of 49? I was just checking to see if there were 49. <laughs> no, it is not 49 chapters or whatever, I mean, pieces. 49 days is a cycle. It's called a mandala. Basically, when a seed is left in the ground, in the soil, it takes most of them, take around 49 days to sprout. So it is a cycle. So that's why I recommend 49 days. Sri Preetaji, I have one more question for you, which I know is quite a big question, but it's something that we talk about sometimes. And I know lots of people are curious and interested in this, this idea of karma. And I know it's big and confusing, but I'm wondering if you could leave us with a few thoughts on what karma is and um, how we might experience it in our daily lives. Karma is basically fruit of action. The definition wise, it is the fruit of action. It is the consequence of your words, the consequence of your actions that you've performed. And that is how ancients had described karma. With that description, you actually feel very helpless because you have to reap for the actions that you had done several years ago or several decades ago, or probably even in your previous lifetime. So you're at the receiving end and you feel very helpless. But what Sri Krishnaji and I teach the world in terms of karma is that when you are able to transform your state of being, the flow of events and the consequences that happen in your life actually is transformed. When the ancients said the karma began with actions, right? What Sri Krishnaji and I say is karma begins with your state of being. You would reap the same patterns in life if your state of being continues to be the same. If it is the same anger that had resulted in you performing certain actions and here right now you are at the receiving end, uh, who's going to reap the effect of those angry words or those angry actions. What we are saying, what Sri Krishnaji is saying is, if there is a transformation in your being, you do not reap those consequences. The events that would unfold in your life would be very different. It is deeper. That is why our focus is an awakening in consciousness, where one is free of all the all the mud, all the suffering that has been floating in one's consciousness. And when you experience that transformation and that awakening, you actually, you can say you can bypass karma. Excellent description. That's very helpful. Thank you so much, Preetaji. So wonderful meeting both of you. And I really love the work that you both are doing. It is, it is that part that needs attention in this hour. Thank you so much. We hope to come visit you at Yekum uh, sometime very soon. Please, you all have to come and it'll be great if you can help your people also to discover themselves with an awakening. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And just a reminder that none of the advice we've given today on Brains and Bellies is meant to diagnose or treat any health problem. So please do seek the advice of your doctor for any specific health issues. And join us here next time for Brains and Bellies with Amamama. And remember, you can find out more about Amamama 
at amamama.com. And that's A-M-M-A hyphen M-A-M-A dot com. And you can find Brains and Bellies podcast on any of the channels that you listen to your podcasts on, such as iTunes, Spotify, or even find them on our website. See you next time.